You are listening to African Perspectives with host Brother Oshi on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com. Yeah, but I think I'm 
Call may be recorded you or transcribed. Are to African perspectives, where we view the issues of our day from an African worldview and African-centered perspective. This program is unapologetically African. It is a custom in the African tradition to ask elders for permission to speak, having been granted permission to our ancestors whose shoulders we stand on, to our elders whose shadows we walk in. I greet you, my dear brothers and sisters, in the language of one of the greatest civilizations on this planet. It gave the world the basic disciplines of knowledge of science, math, architecture, music, writing, law, religion, you name it, we did it. The Greeks called it Egypt, but they called themselves Kemet, and Kemet means land of the blacks. I greet you all in the Kemetic language, the word of peace, Hotep. It is truly an honor and a privilege to pour libation because we truly do stand on the shoulders of those who came before us. We're going to use water because water has no enemies. Water is the great cleanser, the great purifier. Everything on the planet that lives, it needs water from a tiny microscopic organism to a tall redwood tree. We pour water into the earth to invoke the spirits of our ancestors, and we say the word ashe. It simply means, so be it. So we pour this libation to God. For all that God has done and for all that God will do. We sashay. We pour this libation to Mother Africa, birthplace of all humanity. Everyone who has lived, everyone who will live in the future, we all have a common ancestral root in Africa. We pour this libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. I mentioned Kemet in the opening. Kemet was the height, the apex, the zenith of African high culture. But there were others as well, as Tymeri, Punt, and Nubia. So we poured us libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. We say Ashe. We poured us libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa, of Ghana, Mali, Zangai, 
Benin, Great Zimbabwe, civilizations that were flourishing and growing while Europe was in a medieval or dark age. The University of Sankare at Timbuktu, an outstanding educational institution. So he poured us libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa. We say, Ashe? We poured us libation to the Ma'afa, the Holocaust of our enslavement, the Infakani, the great tragedy, uprooted out of Africa. Our brothers and sisters lay a carpet along the Atlantic Ocean. We're in North America, South America, Central America, and throughout the diaspora. So we poured us libation to our brothers and sisters who suffered the Ma'afa, the Infakani, the Holocaust of our enslavement, the great tragedy. We poured us libation in their honor and in their memory. We do not know their names, but because of them and their sacrifice, we are here. So we sashay. We poured us libation to those who fought against enslavement. If you ever heard me do a libation, you will know that we were not slaves. I repeat, we were not slaves. We were captives. What does a captive want to do? Get free. So we poured us libation to all those men and women who fought against enslavement. In fact, I maintain that some of us are more of a slave today than we were in our initial captivity because some of us are a slave to vice, to corruption, to drugs, sex, and violence. So we poured us libation to those who fought against enslavement. Gabriel Prosser, Nat Turner, Denmark Vesey, Harriet Tutman. We always resisted, and we will always resist. So we poured us libation in the name and the honor of those men and women who fought against our captivity. We poured us libation to those unborn, those young men and women who will once again lead us back on the stage of human history as a free and proud and productive people. We sashay. We poured us libation to brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of family. We need each other. We don't have good family life. There's a saying, conditions shape conduct and consciousness. The conditions in our community are bad. The conduct towards each other is not good. Because why? We lack consciousness. And consciousness is more than just awareness. Consciousness is a deeper understanding of who you are historically, who you are culturally. So once we begin to understand the importance of brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of family. Brothers and sisters, let us all say, Ashe, Ashe. You are listening to Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts or live programming, hit them up at timeforanawakening.com. Good morning, African world. You are listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. And I am your host, Baba Oshi, Hotel Family. Hope everything is well for you today. Hope you had a good weekend. Hope you had a, hope you had a chance to do all the things you want to do, should do, must do, could do, and will do. Hoping, too, that the weather was accommodating for you to do it. But, of course, if it was not, and it had to get done, it must be done, you got it done. That's right. That's the thing about us. We got to get it done, family. Don't be putting it off. Don't procrastinate. Make it happen. 
This is African Perspectives. We're here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., 10 to 12 Central, 9 to 11 Mountain at 8 to 10 Pacific, any other time around the world. But if you cannot listen to this program live, you can go to our archives at timeforanawakening.com. At the top of the page, you'll see podcasts. Click on that. The drop down, you'll see African Perspectives. Click on that, and there will be programs that are dated and titled. There's a shortcut you can use. Whatever search engine that you use, be it Google Chrome or Internet Explorer, Firefox, whatever, Time for an Awakening, Black Talk Radio Network, put in the search. Just put in the search, babaoshi.net, babaoshi.net, O-B-A-B-A-O-S-H-I.net. And once again, there'll be programs that are dated and titled. Other programming we have here on Time for an Awakening is this program, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And on Fridays at 8 p.m., at Fridays at 8 p.m., Time for an Awakening with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard. And then again on Sunday at 7 p.m., Time for an Awakening with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard. Um, I believe Mississippi on the move is still happening on Thursdays from 7 to 8 with Brother Patrick Lumumba. I believe that's happening. I will know for sure after this weekend having hang out with Richard and, and I believe Brother uh, Elliot for sure. Brother Richard will be there and of course it's going to be in Mississippi. Mississippi on the move. And Brother Patrick Lumumba the conference in Mississippi, Jackson, Mississippi this weekend. Friday, Saturday and Sunday. And if you want to give us a call please do at 215-490-9832 215-490- 9832. We're not going to do announcements today. We got uh, a special program, if you want to call it that. This is our annual 9 <laughs> 11. This title this year, in fact, what was it? One year our title was 9 11. Who are you going to believe, me or your lion eyes? <laughs> this is false flag. False flag. That's right. False flag operation. So we're going to read the, of course, we're going to read the Inyasa Sim and some other things we're going to do before we get off into uh, <coughs> the information on the 9-11 false flag operation that it is. So September 10th, slaves deserve slaves for children, African proverb. Obviously, many of us have thoroughly misread the Europeans' long-range genocidal goal for us. If this were not so, we would not have allowed ourselves to be separated from our traditions and our children from us. We should have known that Europeans know that if you can train the children of your enemy to dismiss their parents and then that people will indefinitely continue making the same self-destructive mistakes because ancestral wisdom would not be passed down. Our children's innocence and ignorance led them to see African and European irreconcilable realities as worlds of powerlessness, us, empowered them (laughs) respectfully. And they blindly seek shelter in the chaotic and numbing reality of dead things and pseudo-masochistic habits that take away the pain of impotency while leaving them to defensively mocking their ancestors. 
What we have allowed to be done to our children would be unthinkable for sane people. Even some claiming to be African, based upon how that African center is still seriously compromised by European imperatives, might as well have raised their children as Negroes. At least that would, at least that way, they wouldn't have to go through the pain of being broken into slaves once they recognize the contradiction between what their parents say and do and find the opportunity to escape them. Those who study Europeans know that these children will be running to a people who are not contradictory in their insanity. We have no business critiquing our children until we correct until we correct ourselves. I, I say we have no business critiquing our children until we have corrected ourselves. Affirm, my children will never become slaves on my account. Affirm, my children will never become slaves on my account. September 11th. What insidious animal eats away at our brains and causes us to sleep when our own children are being stolen away from us? Molefe. What they come from and have done is not normal. It is not. It has no precedence. And its roots can only be ambiguously found in their cultural seed. Physically, they are the only ones who, are, who wallow in filth and squalor, rubbing their bodies and minds in centuries of accumulated, rotting, diseased waste. They're the only ones who capitulate with animals and perform unspeakable perversions in the waste and germ, saturated saliva, filled cavities of each other's body. Whoa. <laughs> it is only they who pride themselves in their ablutionophobia, ablutionophobia, which is fear of bathing, you know, ablution, ablutionophobia. Mentally, they are the projectors of their spiritual, mental, and physical illness, wrongly turning our eyes against our ancestors and gratefully turning towards theirs. Sadly, the only ones confused on this point are those among us who can not see Urugu beyond the guilted here and now and the image these sickly creatures fabricate of their past for the rest of the world. Affirm, I clearly see Urugu beyond the guilted here and now. Affirm, I clearly see Urugu beyond the guilted here and now. Brothers and sisters, the Inya Sisem of daily revolutionary thought. Yeah. The Inya Sisem of daily revolutionary thought. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I hit on <laughs> Last Friday, man, I messed up and hit the, the thing twice and erased everything. That was really foul of me, I know. I know. Let's try this again. It's coming. Mississippi Black Liberation Movement, Elmer Geronimo Pratt Gun Club, presents the 7th Annual Black Liberation Movement Building Power Summit 2023. Building Power Summit, free the land, undivide, and reclaim. September 15th to the 17th, Jackson, Mississippi, at the historic Black Tougaloo College. Portions of the conference to be aired on time for an awakening media, Black Talk Radio Network. 
calling all serious black power organizations, revolutionaries, organizers to attend this divine experience. For more information, contact Brother Patrick Lumumba, 662-560-5434, Sister Crystal Denise, 405-361-4751, and Brother Nick Bezel, 512-364-0050. That's the 7th Annual Black Liberation Movement Building Power Summit 2023. Shay, what's happening this weekend, family? Happening this weekend in Jackson, Mississippi. Ah, oh, okay. I have other stuff. Uh, well, let me give some time-sensitive information out, and that is Baba Baruti. Baba Baruti, his uh, program is this weekend, and uh, I won't be able to be there, but I know he sent some good stuff on it. Also, too, that's this weekend, African Warriors Day, and the brothers and sisters will be observing African Warriors Day from 4 to 6 Eastern Time online. And uh, if you want to participate, please register by uh, making sure you make your donation of $20 for adults and $10 for teens via PayPal at yabrudi at yahoo.com or Cash App. Dollar sign, yeah, Y-A-A, letter M, Baruti, B-A-R-U-T-I. Include the pertinent information, African Warriors Day, your name and your email address so the link can be sent to you. African Warriors Day, men and women together. That's right. Okay. Baba Brudy's offering, of course, Higher Ground, his new book, Higher Ground for Warriors, a course. And that's going to be taught by Baba Brudy every Wednesday in the month of August, October. Next month, every Wednesday from 730 to 9. It's $60 for Warriors and 35 for Warriors in training. And as, this, as it goes, you, you know, make your donation. $60 for Warriors and 35 for Warriors in training. And you can make that through PayPal or Cash App. And of course, include the pertinent information. Higher Ground Course. Your name and your email address so the link can be sent to you every Wednesday. Every Wednesday. And exciting news Mama Baba Baruti will offer an online weekend our history. African history course for 4th through 12th grade. 4th to 12th grade. 4th graders to the 12th grade. Open to true, open, it's also open to mature 3rd graders. Some question is mature 3rd graders. On Sunday, every Sunday, 10 a.m. to noon. Two-hour course, 10 a.m. to noon, starting October 1st. Starting October 1st. If you want more information, Contact Mama Henia at Y A A B A R U T I at Yahoo.com. Yabaruti at Yahoo. Or give her a call at 404 753 7237. 404 753 7237 to take advantage of that opportunity. Okay? Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's. 
this. Okay. 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 Oh, the rest is I don't I need for this presentation. But let me go to or let me turn these off here. I don't need these. No more. Okay. Okay, okay. False flag. False flag operation. This today's program is nine eleven. False flag operation. What is a false flag operation? A false flag operation is an act committed with the intent of disguising the actual source of responsibility and pitting blame on another party. The term false flag originated in the 1500s has an expression meaning an intentional misrepresentation of one's allegiance or alliance. The term was famously used to describe uh, in naval warfare whereby a vessel flew the flag of neutrality or an enemy country in order to hide its true, in, its true identity. The tactic was originally used by pirates and privateers to deceive other ships into allowing them to move closer before attacking them. It was later deemed an, an acceptable practice during naval warfare according to international maritime laws, provided the attacking vessels displayed its true flag once the attack had begun. <laughs> Deception and deceit. The term today extends to include countries that organize attacks on themselves and make the attacks appear to be an enemy nation or terrorist, thus giving the nation that was supposedly attacked a pretext for domestic repression or military aggression. And that, in this sense, it worked both ways. With the false flag operation of 9-11, it repressed a lot of things. It gave the government opportunity to, for self-defense, to suspend all known rights that you have as a citizen, to investigate or to I mean, just like to search you because of the airline situation. And I agree that, you know, shit got crazy. And other copycats, like you had, uh, I think it was an American-African or an African who had some had a bomb in his shoe. That's why you got to take your shoes off now, too. <laughs> I'm like, damn, dude. You know. And, and, of course, they used to search if you had a name like mine. When it first went down, my, my luggage was consistently searched. You know. So that's 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 the deal. You know. They could suspend more and initiate like even like martial law. Yeah. Similarly, deceptive activities carried out during peacetime by individuals or non governmental organizations have been called false flag operations, but the more common legal term is a frame-up, set-up. Yeah. Here's some false flag operations in history. And just, um, 
July 13, 1870, Otto von Bismarck published the dispatch, an internal message from King Wilhelm to Bismarck regarding a certain demand made by the French ambassador. In the versions purposely released to the public, Bismarck in instead made it sound like the king had gravely disrespected the ambassador, a ploy to trick uh, Napoleon into declaring war on North Germany Confederates, Confederation with the end goal of unifying the northern and southern German states. This ploy would be successful as Napoleon would declare war six days later and six months later the Confederacy would win and unify the German states. Winter War, the Cuban Revolution, Operation Northwoods. The proposed would never, the proposed but never executed 1962 Northern Operation Northwoods plotted by the U.S. Government of Defense for a war with Cuba involved scenarios such as fabricating the hijacking or shooting down of a passenger plane and military planes sinking a U.S. ship in the vicinity of Cuba, burning crops, sinking a boat filled with Cuban refugees, attacks by alleged Cuban infiltrators inside the United States, and harassment of U.S. aircraft and shipping, and the destruction of aerial drones by uh, aircraft disguised as Cuban MiGs. These actions would be blamed on Cuba and would be a pretense and a pretext for an invasion of Cuba and the overthrow of Fidel's communist government. It was authorized by the Joint Chiefs of Staff, but then rejected by John F. Kennedy. The surprise discovery of the documents related to the Operation Northwoods was a result of the uh, comprehensive search for records related to the assassination of John F. Kennedy by the Assassination Records Review Board in the mid-90s. Information about Operation Northwoods was later publicized by uh, James Benmore. Ah, Russian invasion of Ukraine. In January and February of uh, 2022, Western government agencies predicted that Russia would use a false flag operation in Ukraine. In the days leading up to the 20, uh, February 24th Russian invasion of Ukraine, the Russian government intensified a disinformation campaign with Russian state media promoting false flags on a nearly hour basis promoting and purporting to show Ukrainian forces attacking Russia in a bid to justify an invasion of Ukraine. Many of the disinformation videos were poor and amateur in quality with mismatching uh, data showing incorrect dates and evidence and evidence from um, Billing Katz researchers and other independent journalists showed that they claim attacks, explosions, and evacuations were staged by Russia. And you could go on and on and on. But my contention is, of course, and, and if you have information or something that you believe uh, is pertinent here, and also, too, if you want to argue, I'm not arguing, but if you want to present, let me say it that way, not arguing. If you want to present the government's case and how the situation happened in 9-11, you know, the 19 Saudi Arabians, mostly Saudi Arabians, there might have been some others that were not Saudi Arabians, 
who went to flight school. And I, I you know, correct. Re, today, I'm going to say this. Rescue me if I'm wrong. Okay? Help me because I'm, you know, I don't know it all. I'm not, I'm not just a brother who tries to disseminate information for us and about us to liberate ourselves. Because that's what this program is about. Remember, this program is about independence, self-determination, liberation, and sovereignty for African people. Pan-Africanism will perish, unify or die. But we want to disseminate the, the information as it relates and how it looks to us as African people. As a firefighter, that's why also I'm a, I was a firefighter. This is, this is, you know, deep. 343 firefighters died. 343 firefighters died. And so I look at this from that perspective. In fact, in, in my radio programs over the years, and definitely when I, if, if, if the program wasn't on September 11th, anywhere around it I'm doing the program on it in fact for a few years this fellow firefighter this brother he was on it he was working at the time he was retired because you remember that's 22 years ago now and I wasn't firefighting excuse me I wasn't I was, I was working then I was working I wasn't retired and I wasn't on radio then. But once I got on radio, because to me, I had looked at a lot of the stuff. You know, a lot of stuff came out in, in, in a conspiracy way. Uh, Loose Change. I think Loose Change was one of the first ones to come out. Uh, in Plain Sight. But the most recent was Architects. Architects and Engineers. For 9-11 truth. I remember Ed Asner interviewing Richard Gage, who was the then, I think might still be, the chairperson of architecture now in the truth. At that time, they had about a few hundred architects that that did not believe that the World Trade Center definitely did not believe that building number seven. You know, did not definitely did not believe that the Pentagon. And so since that time, I believe there's over 3,000, 3,000 architects and engineers for 9-11 truth. You know, I don't think anything will happen. A lot of that information that that was that when you went on YouTube or you went online to get it, it was easily. God, you can't find, like you can't find that brother no more. When you go to YouTube looking at 9-11, it's hard. I, I can even, I only found one. I used to have a lot of things on Richard Gage. You know, can't find it. Because why? Suppressing. This is like I said, a false flag. When you have a false flag operation, you got to suppress that. You have to make Everybody go along with the false flag and that information. You got to make everybody believe that. You know? You know, I always said that uh, in, in, in this situation, and I probably should add, 
building number seven. Um, because I'm a firefighter, I, I definitely did not believe the World Trade. Because when it happened, when it went down that day, I, <laughs> uh, when it went down that day, I was getting ready to go down to uh, the firefighter headquarters downtown because I had to pick up a slip, some information, because I had jury duty. I got, I got chosen that Monday, Monday, September 10th, for jury duty. Me and a brother from the nation, a good Muslim brother from the nation, and, and uh, I gave him a ride home, and we were talking. I said, yeah, man, because our case was this, this Caucasian who didn't want to pay child support. I said, man, we're going to nail his ass. He don't want to pay child support, and that's bull. You know, we're we going to roast him. You know, so that that Tuesday morning, I'm getting ready. I get a phone call, a friend of mine. She says, the World Trade Center's on fire. She didn't tell me why or how. And so I hung up. I turned the TV on. I didn't have it on then. And I'm drying off. And I'm looking at it. And I'm like, wow. I said, dude, maybe, you know, they they have restaurants on various floors. They said, it's a 100-story building, 100-floor 100 floor building stories building and and you maybe they had a, a a restaurant and maybe there's some kind of explosion or something like that i don't know we'll see and then i started listening and they said a plane had hit i said oh okay wow and so as i'm still watching i see the second plane hit the other tower the north tower and i'm like wow i'm catatonic i couldn't move i was like stunned See, this is an attack you know and so I, I, I get ready and I go downtown to the uh, headquarters, to the office, the third floor. Because on the first floor is the, is the apparatus and so forth. The second floor is the living quarters of the firefighters. The third floor is administration. So I'm on the third floor and I'm, you know, everybody's still looking and so forth. Well, in waiting... At that time, the second building that was hit was the first building to implode. And you would think that the first building that was hit would be one to implode because it had been burning longer, you know. It had been exposed longer. But it was the second building, and it goes down. In fact, uh in that document I was talking to you about the New York City firefighter, that brother who had also interviewed other firefighters, those firefighters who were there, who got out, were talking about it, little implosions or explosions. You know? Yeah. Wow. You know? Because it just, it just crumbled to dust. I mean, you've seen it. And you've seen people got caught. I remember that one sister, you know, hard to say really what she looked like, but she looked fine, you know. <laughs> you know, she had pearls on, a nice dress, form-fitting dress, so forth, but she was covered in dust. I remember her dying of cancer not too long ago, just in a year or so. You know, and they, you know, they had a name for her. I can't remember what it was, but. And they told me that's who it was. I'm like, wow, that's deep. 
And of course, many others have died since that time. And so that building crumbles. And then of course, the Pentagon, the Pentagon was hit, you know. And of course, Flight 93 on its way out to West, makes a U-turn in Ohio and heads back in. It's in Western Pennsylvania and it is crashes into the earth in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. Into the earth family. It don't skip. It goes right into the earth. Supposedly 40 feet deep into the earth. That's why when you when you look at some of these things and, and, I, and, I, and I believe this is supposedly the immediate aftermath of the incident. This is not way later when you know, supposedly they could set some stuff up. <laughs> yeah. Because they found this and just like at the Pentagon, they found that, you know. <laughs> but I've always said, family, once again, rescue me if I'm wrong. I'll give you that, that these 19 people went to flight school, learned how to fly these planes, in flight school, you don't learn how to fly 747s. And, you know, passenger jets, you fly, you know, jets and, and Cessnas and stuff like that. But anyway, I'll give you that these people did that, commandeered these planes and flew them into the World Trade Center, flew them into the, you know, uh, uh, into the, the, the ground. You know, I'll give you that. I'll give you building number seven that you say it was the fire from because uh, if you looked at family if you looked at the implosion it wasn't fire that was being shot out it was just smoke and dust and heat but they said but they said fire jumped from the twin towers and jumped on a number of floors on building number seven okay but when you seen building number seven go down five hours later, and supposedly it went down because they had they had fires on there, and then of course they they could not uh, extinguish them, that uh, it it compromised the building. But how did you see it go down, family? Family, how did you see it go down? It went down as if it went in its own footprint, like a demolition. I'm quite sure. And if you haven't seen what a demolition looks like, go online and just punch in YouTube demolitions and you'll see and how they do them and you'll see how they implode into it going in towards the middle. They they almost know exactly where things are going to fall. That that's how good. And that's how that looked. So I'll give you that. I'll give you that these cats um, were talking on the phone 35, 40 feet, uh, 35, 40,000 feet high and using cell phones, talking to family members and so forth. I'll give you that, you know, because I'm talking about 1921. You know, like, unlike today, everybody got a phone. Those, you know, everybody. Nothing could escape. Nobody. Everybody got a camera. Everybody got an ability to to record something, but not then. But I'll give you that, that they said, let's roll. That was their line, let's roll. They bum-rushed the cockpit, 
give them cats a beat down and crash the plane into into the earth. Into the earth. The whole plane into the earth. I'll give you that. But you can never, ever make me believe that a passenger plane in the Washington, D.C. area Virginia, Maryland, D.C. area was flying so fast and so low that horizontally when the nose of the plane hit the Pentagon, it disintegrated. All you seen was a hole cut straight through. In fact, the early photos you see, uh, one photo as you look at on the left-hand side, like the third floor, you see uh, office equipment, chairs, and so forth. You see it, a monitor. And then later on, the, the parapet wall, it falls down and crashes because, you know, you don't see no wings. You don't see no engine. You don't see no tail. You don't even see no damn black box. You don't see... Sh- <sighs> All you see is, and then when you, family, go to YouTube, go to the Pentagon, and all you see is a bright light. You'll see, and and, and I've saw for the first time in looking at this, they show some kind of, it doesn't look like a plane, family. It looks like what it was, a missile. It's gray. Now, some could argue this because it's, so blurry, and it is. You know. Man. You mean to tell me that that's what happened? So, for, and, 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 I'm quite sure, family, and you and I both know, a lot of this shit is really an insult of your intelligence, because you know it, even in 19, even, excuse me, even in 2021, even in 20. Uh, 01 2001 when it happened there were cameras everywhere security cameras everywhere uh, the pentagon now of course uh, film was confiscated everywhere around that at convenience stores and so forth yes confiscated because if a passenger plane is approaching. You should. There's. I'm quite sure people didn't have cell phones. If they had cell phones, then of course you would have seen that if that was the case. But back then, I'm quite sure they could have filmed anything approaching the Pentagon. Anything. But they didn't. The only thing that you see is a huge fireball huge light and then you see the hole you don't see no wings engine tail fuselage none of that a big hole now the pentagon now let's go to the pentagon because i've always said you know it's uh the program i did on this madness about three, maybe four years ago, dealt with, in fact, it was 9-11, follow the money. 
That's the one I did with um, Rumsfeld and the $2.3 trillion missing. Monday, September 10th, 2001, Rumsfeld has a press conference talking about the money that is missing. 2000, excuse me, 2 trillion 300,000, 300 million, 2.3 million. <laughs> Can't get this right. 2.3 trillion dollars. So that would be 2 trillion 3 billion. <laughs> The money's so damn big, it's, I'm, I'm being discombobulated. $2.3 trillion. Let me see if, how, we, how much of this we can get in, in in this particular instance. And we will take a break, family, no doubt. Okay. Defense Secretary Donald Rumsfeld announced that the Department of Defense had lost more than $2.3 trillion. Cracked $2.3 trillion in transactions. At this time, the entire federal budget was only $1.8 trillion, which meant that the military had basically just oopsied away more than a year's worth of the government's entire bankroll. Look at all this cash, bruh. What would you call the public was furious, to say the least, and rumors quickly started circling about where this money ended up. Fortunately for Rumsfeld and the entire military senior brass, the public announcement of the missing money was made on a very opportune day, September 10th. Just one day later, what would have been the news story of the year was immediately overshadowed by the event of the decade, and public opinion about the military flipped on a dime from outrage to adoration. The $2.3 trillion hole in the military's budget was almost forgotten by everybody but the accountants that needed to get to the bottom of it and the conspiracists that pointed to it as proof of the inside job theory. It certainly doesn't look great. And the timing is almost a little bit too convenient. So it's time to learn how money works, to find out how to get away with losing trillions of dollars. This week's lesson was made possible. Well, I'm not going to go through that piece. But I tell you, uh, you know, they, in, in that press conference, was at the, at the uh, Pentagon. The destruction at the Pentagon was the area of which the accounting was supposed to happen. How convenient, huh? How convenient. You know? Follow the money. $2.3 trillion. And, and as I said, as years have gone by, many of the... Um, Conspiracy theories have been debunked, so they say. And, and, you know, one of the first ones to debunk them, I never forget this, because like I said, I, you know, after, the, after it went down, I began to, in my heart, in my mind, began to do some questioning about how did this thing go down? And then all this stuff started coming up on the Internet. You know, 
and already one who doesn't trust this government, who believes that they're nothing but a bunch of liars, you know, and manipulators, having already uh, understood and read and where these things have happened, not to this magnitude, of course, you know. So whatever they threw out the government and their position and others who came back, you know, with uh, other information, I'm like, wow, okay. I could see that being plausible, you know. So um, I started following that. Like I said, and I'm not sure if they're even still on the internet anymore. In plain sight, um, loose change, other information. The brother that I was mentioning earlier, the firefighter from New York, the fire, the brother from New York, who's you know, his his particular piece, gone. You can't find them because they want you to believe the government's line in this and that all these things have been debunked and the 9-11 commission of what they wrote or even building number sevens, uh, how that went down. They, they want you to believe these things. And so in following the money, I'm going to go ahead and take a break, come back from the break. We're going to follow a little bit more of this money uh, with Larry Silverstein. Larry Silverstein uh, owned and developed building number seven. He later bought the World Trade Center and he bought it months and then took out terrorist insurance and got paid double of what he bought it for. Oh, man. But that's what I that's what I mentioned way back then. And we'll do it again. So um, we're going to take a break. And uh, when we come back from that break. And believe me, family, if you got some something to add and there's something that uh, I don't have answers. <laughs> no way. And I ain't sure the hell ain't no expert on this madness, okay? Okay. I mean, I definitely not. But but what I want to do is, is just put to something that where we can, you know, go out and do the research on. Because this is some crazy stuff, family. This is some crazy stuff. But it only gets talked about at this time, of course, because they go through the pomp and circumstance all the time, every time this year. You know, they ring the bells, you know, never forget. They have programs all over. In fact, all the programs that I've seen on the Internet, on Facebook, Facebook, but um, YouTube, favor the government's position more and more the government's position and it's understandable too because just like uh, they want you to not believe in um, um, the history that you want to believe in or you know or you that you have the government don't want that they, they don't want that they don't want you to believe that. <laughs> they want you to believe what they're saying. They want you to believe that that the skills that you have, that you learned, has a has a captive 
you can use later on in your life and do great things. <laughs> I'll tell you, man, these folks are something else, man. They are something else. Yeah, yeah, they are something else. So we're going to, uh, you know, take a break here. When we come back from that break, we'll um, get off more into this. And if you have information or if you are in question of something or you want to lend something to this conversation, please do by dialing 215-490-9832, 215-490-9832. We'll be right back, family. Stay with us. You are listening to African Perspectives with host Brother Oshi on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com. Sacrifice. It'd be flowers blooming in the summertime. Black sound like old songs, smell like good food. And it tastes like heart disease, but it feels like maize at Jazz Fest. Black sound like something that hurt, like a heart test. Black sound like skin, like something dark. It look like hair, yeah. Black sound like rough hair and good hair. Look like history, sound spiritual. Black sound like years, like working, like night. Black sound like money, look like Walmart, like corner stores, like cash register singing. Black sound like 400 years, smell like Oprah, and pack for like Martin, look like Cicely Tyson, sing like Nina, got a ass like Serena, feel like broken homes in Section 8. Black smell like crack and collard greens, sounds motivational, feels like church. Look like big Sunday hats and ribbons. Smile like your mama. Eyes like the sun. Beautiful child. Oh, you're the one. Fly like your daddy. Make me so happy. Beautiful child. Oh, you're the one. Sound like thick flat swinging. Sneaky uncles. Look like Tyler Perry making money. Sound like hating, feel frustrated, don't it? Like they don't get it. Like they won't ever get it, huh? Like 
push your personal feelings of racial injustice so far underneath the carpet that you trip over your own family history. <laughs> but I love me some black folk. I love the hair grease and the rental fees. The front row seats, the police, the projects, the mustard greens, being late, social security checks, government assistance, bougie, black, looking good, bags of hair, fake press on nails, rat tail comb, stunting gold chain, gold teeth, black men and big feet. I love me some black folk. For they are the people that were made from the darkest parts of the sky. Smile like your mama, eyes like the sun. Beautiful child, oh, you're the one. Fly like your daddy, make me so happy. Beautiful child, oh, you're the one. I'm in a place when I see your face. Must be nostalgia. I'll never forget. The day that we met, beautiful child, oh, you're the one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Black don't crack, I love your skin. I don't see that from other kids. It's a day, any day. I see me and mine doing different things, pushing boundaries. Waves come, age comes. From the 504, what you think I came to LA for? Everybody from the 504, what you think I came to LA for? Everybody from the 504, what you think I came to LA for? Everybody from the 504, what you think I came to LA for? You are listening to Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts or live programming, hit them up at timeforanawakening.com. Welcome back, brothers and sisters. Once again, we're listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. That's right, man. Dang. That's right, brothers and sisters. The Bang, uh, Tank and the Bangus, Black Folk, 504, New Orleans, Tank and the Bangus. Uh, let's get back to the discussion at hand, the uh, 9-11, false flag, inside job. So there was another piece uh, that I got. This dude here, <laughs> this is creepy. 
another creepy fact that you probably didn't know until now. Only two months before 9-11, the World Trade Center was privatized and sold to Larry Silverstein. Every single morning, he ate breakfast in the North Tower on the 91st floor, but not on 9-11. His wife made him an emergency doctor's appointment that day. He also had bought an insurance plan that fortunately covered terrorism. After the attack, he took the insurance company to court, and Silverstein won and was paid double, being awarded a total of $4.55 billion. This may be the largest insurance fraud in history, and he is still a free man. Here's another creepy fact that you probably didn't yeah. know. Yeah. 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 He, he's the one. He also, as I said, owned initially building number seven. In fact, what he says about building number seven, uh, while the incident was happening, that um, he says the fires that uh, cannot be put out in building number seven. And he makes the 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 uh, term because I, I I don't want to see firefighters anybody else hurt and injured anymore. So I, let's pull it. Let's pull it. You know, <laughs> read into some of this stuff as you will. You know, but a lot of it is it's just sometimes family is right in your face. And sometimes they're so bold, I dare you to say something. You know? I dare you to say something. Because they're going to do what they're going to do. Give us a call at 215-490-9832. 215-490-9832. Architects and engineers for 9-11 Truth, uh, Richard Gage and his his group, um, he started it, and now there's over 3,000 3,000 architects and engineers, you know. Yeah. And over 25,000 signatures on their petition. I know sometimes that you you need more than 25,000 if you want to stake uh, or have them uh, open up a case situation like this but yeah so it says the university study finds fire did not cause building number seven's collapse on 9-11 on March 25th 2020 a couple of years about three years ago researchers at the University of Alaska Fairbanks issued the final report of a four-year computer modeling study on the collapse of World Trade Center building number seven. The 47 story WTC building number seven was the third skyscraper to be completely destroyed on September 11, 2001. Collapsing rapidly and symmetrically into its own footprint at 5.20 p.m. Eastern time. Seven years later, Investigators at the National Institutes of Standards and Technology, NISA, concluded that World Trade Center Building 7 was the first steel frame high rise ever to have collapsed solely as a result of a normal office fire. Other buildings had been hit by planes uh, in our training as firefighters, uh, especially when you're first coming on. I believe I believe that might be true for any paid fire department, maybe even 
volunteer that you when you learn about high, especially if you had high rise building in your locale. And of course, most of us are major cities and their high rise buildings where our ladder trucks definitely cannot reach a, a ladder truck that you see goes about to the 10th floor, 12th floor maybe, maybe. So if you got a 40 story building, exactly, you know. But these buildings have been hit. The Empire State Building has been hit. Other buildings have been hit. The Interstate Fire in Los Angeles, there's a fire in Philadelphia. There's a fire uh, uh, in uh, Sao Paulo, Brazil. None of these buildings collapsed. Many of them were fired uh, burning much, much longer than what happened with uh, the World Trade Center. And the building uh, number seven was burning uh, nine, nine something, I guess, when the buildings imploded for 10, 11, 12, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Okay, about five or six hours. Seven hours. But once again, as I said, when these buildings imploded, they weren't spewing a lot of fire and ash. There was dust, crumbling rock. But anyway, so they said that fire jumped on that building and um, brought it down. The 47 story was the third skyscraper to be completely destroyed on that day, collapsing rapidly and symptomatically, symmetrically into its own footprint at 5.20 p.m. Eastern. Seven years later, investigators at the National Institutes of Standards and Technology, NISA, concluded that the building, number seven, which was the first steel frame high rise ever to have collapsed solely as a result of normal office fires. Contrary to the conclusion, NISA, the University of, Ar- of Alaska, Fairbanks, research team found that the collapse of World Trade Center building number seven on 9-11 was caused not by fires, but by near simultaneous failure of every column in the building. That's how it looked. Everything had to fail. Sometimes you have a fire. You've seen buildings be on fire, and they don't, even, even other structures, they don't totally collapse. Unless, of course, the whole thing burns down. Following the release of this report, Architects and engineers for 9-11 Truth and 10 family members of the 9-11 victim submitted a formal request for corrections to NISA's report on building number seven based partially on the University of Alaska Fairbanks findings. They are now suing NISA over the agency's evasive response to the request. And like I said, when you see it, you're like, wow, that's just how demolitions go. They come into the middle and they collapse in on itself so they don't start flying every damn where. (laughs) Yeah. So family, what is your thoughts on this? What do you believe? Let me go to my good brother. 443-443, fellow firefighter, Brother Irv, good afternoon. 
Good afternoon, Baba Oshi. Thank you for taking my call. You, you know I'm going to listen whenever I can. I appreciate uh, it, too. Believe me, I do. Oh, yes, yeah. brother. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the subject that you're talking about this morning is one uh, that um, I'm not going to say is dear to my heart because, of course, I am a 35-year veteran of the Baltimore County Fire Department. And I've, I've, I've seen some things, and, and I've been through some things uh, with, with fire. And a lot of people don't know it, but I also was a four-year firefighter at Bentwater's Air Force Base, England. Wow, okay. Uh, before, I, before I came to the fire department as a civilian. And uh, I've seen I've things that also. But, you know, Baba Oshi, I don't, I'm not surprised at, at, at Arugu yeah. when um, – right. When they put things in your face, I mean, let's let's be clear about 9/11. We we all see what what happened at 9/11. It was in Technicolor. It was in 3D. We can watch it on TV. Uh, we we can get DVDs. That the money was follow the money if you want to follow the if you want to find the truth in a capitalist society. You should always follow the money. But let's 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 think about this for a second, Baba Ocean. You got you live in a society. That shows you a football game. That shows you uh, a baseball game. That shows you an election, and shows you all these other things. But that they never show you. They never have the documentary on colonization. Let's about colonization, the legacy of terror. Let's talk about that. Let's have that documentary. And there's still countries in Africa that are being colonized at the moment we're talking about 9/11. They're still colonizing sure. our brothers and sisters. Sure. I don't mean, see, see I know, Robert O.C., we say, we may say that, but I don't think people understand exactly what it is to be colonized. It's not when you come in and have a democracy and we vote on something and we all agree on it. No, someone comes in, takes your country's resources, takes your language, takes your clothing, makes you wear their clothes, Speak their language, and if you don't do it, they will kill you. Mm-hmm. Yes, this, this is real. Yeah. I mean, this this ain't a this ain't a game. They'll kill your whole family, and then we sit here and go, oh, I'm, gonna, I'm, flying, "I'm going to see the Eiffel Tower, and I'm going to take a picture in front of it." And mm-hmm. the same people that you go over and eat this French food and do all this foolishness, they're colonizing your brother, but because you don't see it, it doesn't happen. And that's why people don't want history. The one thing that Dr. Henry Clark gave his life to was the history. Because history is very important. Right. 9-11, this ain't nothing new people that white folks have done. Right. They've done 9-11s before. Right. You think the man, you, you really think that, um, and, I'm, and I may, you may think I'm crazy by, by saying this, but do you really think that these white folks went to the moon and put a flag on the moon? Because you saw it on television, I saw 9/11 on television. Did the building, did the building fall because of the plane, or did the building fall because it was blowed up? You know, see, you don't know what you're seeing, but once it's explained to you, you think about television for one second, and I'm gonna stop after this. Once you, when you look at television, why do we have a commentator on football games? I can see the number for the guy. Usually, his name's on the back of the shirt. If I don't understand the game, I could pretty much read about it or I can educate myself. Why are you telling me what to think? Because I'm steering you in a direction. I'm turning you, just like a presidential election. 
a presidential election is about who can convince people to think the way they think. That's all this is. It's and and Osha, you said at the end of every show, it's about your mind. They don't want your money. They want your mind. They want to, you to think like they tell you to think. And, I, and I'm going to keep harping on that. And the, and the reason is because it's not about me and you, Oshie. We old as, I mean, I went yeah. to school with Frederick Douglass. You know how old I am. <laughs> we, we talk, and you went from Methuselah. <laughs> but we talking, they talking about the children. Mm-hmm. They're coming for your children. They right. want your legacy. They want your grandchild. Right. They don't want you. They want they want to tell him about your child, your grandchild about nine eleven, mm-hmm. the way they want your grandchild to think about nine eleven, mm-hmm. not the way nine eleven really happened. See, and, and, and anything we don't want you to know about, we just don't say it. I don't see no TikToks about about colonialism or, or TikToks about neocolonialism or TikToks about how they're doing this to my brother and doing that to my sister. I don't see that TikTok. I see somebody on there dancing to some. Right. Crazy songs and keep right. in and, and he he and ha ha. White folks ain't he he in the morning. Mm-hmm. The black radio stations are on there talking about jokes and other celebrities and who left who and who went who. The white the the white folks radio stations is talking about politics because see your politician spends your money. That's what a politician does. You send him to D.C. to spend your tax dollars, so he spends it on what on whatever he thinks that he he wants to spend it on. He's supposed to spend it on what you tell him to spend it on. But see, we're so convoluted, Baba Oshi, they've made this whole, uh, what is it, uh, what is that, the black, historical black colleges, they give the impression that it's black because it's got the word black in it. Black Black Lives Matter sounds black. Mm-hmm. The NAAC sounds oh, colored, right. whatever. Uh, the point is, what they've done, they've, they've, they've co-opted black people into doing what they want or looking the way they want them to look. Because once they got you to wear this suit and tie and you start thinking you look good and you fighting over a pair of tennis shoes, are you serious? You're fighting over, you're killing. I'm, when I came up, they would fight you over your leather jacket mm-hmm. and your tennis shoes. But that's how that's how messed up the mind was. Because even back then, Baba Oshie, it's about getting the mind. I don't need you. I need your mind. Once I got your mind, I don't have to have a jail. You'll mm-hmm. do it for me. If I ain't a door, you'll make a door. That's right. You know, you'll you'll keep yourself in a cell. So now, nah, Bob, we nine eleven. You know, like I know, you're we're not going to hear the absolute truth about it. But when we do hear, the average person is not even going to want to believe it. I'm sitting here looking at the, the internet this morning, and they're showing me Queen Latifah singing the, the national, uh, right. the, uh, national, the national anthem, anthem last night. Yeah. Like I give a damn. Yeah. Like Queen, like Queen Latifah is what? She is a beholden to the people who pay her. Yep. She don't write yeah. the checks. She she cashes the checks. Yep. Because if you can put me on a TV show, how much money you got? If you can put me on a football, we don't even teach our children to want to start a league. We teach our children to want to be in a league. We don't teach our children to get their mama a business. I'm going to get my mother a house. I want my mother to have an empire. I want my mother to be a boss because we are bosses. And and we and I'm telling you, Baba Oshie, the mindset has to be different. I tell my son, my son's in college now. I say, Irvin, you paying your dues right now so that you can do what you want to do in the future. And if it ain't about helping somebody other than yourself, then you're wasting your time. Mm-hmm. 
you're wasting your time if you're doing nothing for anybody but yourself because you'll find yourself by yourself. And that's the worst thing in the world because man cannot live by bread alone and no man mm-hmm. is an island. And I believe that because the worst thing, is the, what is the one thing they do to you as soon as you do something wrong? They isolate you. So there has to be a torture. Right. So we have to understand that we have to do this collectively. It ain't an I situation. It's a we situation. We have to, we have to, we have to find people of like mind. We have to f- move because right is going to win every time, Baba Oshi. And when you suppress a people and you oppress a people, mm-hmm. and when you uh, are in jet, we just want justice. Can we get justice? See, that's not what they give. I don't want equality, equity, all that. All these mm-hmm. other things are fantastic. But give me justice, and I can make it work from there. Right. But there's no justice for black people. There is no justice. Because they not know with justice not, comes liberation. Right, not in this system. Not here. There's no, there's never oh, no, not in this system. system. Never going no, to No, no, because with, with, with justice comes liberation. With liberation mm-hmm. comes self-determination. Mm-hmm. You know, with self-determination comes sovereignty. All these things walk together. And we can't go down that road. We have to stay with this foolishness. I'm watching Neon, Deion Sanders, who went to the white school, and he got the white boys now. I'm talking about they got a Heisman Trophy winner, and that's his son. And he's doing this for all the black people. And the other no. cats at the HBCU yeah, are right. saying, wait a minute, exactly. Deion, that, that That's, that's minute, the Deion problem Sanders. I have with the Deion Sanders situation, man. Uh, like many, mm-hmm. many people there are happy for him and the amount of money that uh, mm-hmm. he's going to make. But who's going to make <laughs> all this money that Deion Sanders who is showing black folks? You know, it's showing black mm-hmm. folks, you know. Because uh, the University of Colorado and all the other entities right. in that, all Caucasian, they are going to make big money. Big money off oh, of yeah. merchandising and on the whole bit. Now, there'll be a lot of us buying this stuff, but who, who's making the money? You know? Who's and, writing and, the checks? Yeah. Not cashing, writing. And, and, You're right, Father Ocean. You know, and I, I hated the fact that, um, that Dion did what he did. Because he came in as if he was going to be a savior of HCBUs instead of, you know, the WPI, white public institutions. He he was going to mm-hmm. he was going to be that. And that's how he claimed, you know. But uh, uh, what happened was he didn't, and and of course he wound up going to one, and now he's, you know, making all this money, national TV, all this fame on the, on the television, all over the place, and everything like that, man, you know. So, yeah. And it's wrong. It's it's wrong. And we, and see, the part that makes me upset, Oshie, and I'm going a, I'm to a let someone else get in and give their thought. Uh, I don't mean to be so off subject. Is, is that what happens is it makes me upset that we as, as, as American Africans, we have organizations all over the United States uh, trying to fight for liberation mm-hmm. the best way we know how. And the internet can bring us all together. We don't have to all think together. We don't. We can be. We can have unity without being uh, mm-hmm. all all the, exactly the same. Right. When they started the revolution, this revolution that's been going on in Africa with Chad and uh, Niger and uh, mm-hmm. uh, Fasos, uh, if I'm saying it correctly, mm-hmm. they when they started, they couldn't call over here and say, hey. Brothers, we need some missionaries. We need some help. Can you come over and fight? But I saw people trying to go fight for Ukraine. 
They were trying to leave here and go and fight for Ukraine. You don't, but we but we didn't have that type of organization. And if we did, of course, the FBI and the CIA would have tried their best to infiltrate it and destroy it, like they've done before in COINTELPRO, which which there's which is still going on. It's just under a different name. Mm-hmm. Let's keep it 100 because yeah. the, the terror ain't coming from the outside. They just did a report. The terror is coming from inside this country. Yeah. The terror. The, these yeah. white folks are afraid of white folks. <laughs> They scared they're gonna yeah. overtake the government. I don't know how they're gonna do oh, it. Yeah, but they're scared. No, <laughs> Am no, I right? they, they, they're, they're constantly talking about a civil war. I don't think it's of going course. to happen. You know, the, the government of this country uh, may do some, put information out there that uh, would, would kind of like sway people to some degree, but it's not gonna physically happen because the amount of weaponry this country has. And the amount mm-hmm. of people who have big investments, you're not going to see what happened in the 1860s. Okay, right. That ain't going right. to happen. You're not going to see no, some but what I think warfare. What, but I think what will happen, Baba Oshi, is what bin, Osama bin Laden did. Mm-hmm. Osama bin Laden was very successful in some of the things that he was trying to do. He shut this country down. Who does that? He stopped all flights in this whole entire country. Mm-hmm. Who does that? He shut that. He sent. He sent the financial system into a tailspin. Mm-hmm. He, he did. He 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 did something. He shook this place up, and I think that's what the objective is to these people who call themselves patriots. I had the lady on the thing I said today. We're patriots, and I didn't say anything. But that the, they want to. They want to shake it up. 9-11 scared white folks. Mm-hmm. It really did. It scared them. If it had been oh, black yeah. people, they would have. They would have killed them, took a bunch of us out back and shot them. Well, but yeah, because you them. see terrorist attacks all the time in all the countries, but here in America, now America. you had a semblance of that with the attack on the World Trade Center uh, when they tried to bomb the garage. You know, correct. You, you see correct. semblance of that, but um, not to the magnitude of what happened on 9/11 and across different areas. Of, you know, but. Hey man, that, to, to but me, no. Anyway, I don't mean to get off. <laughs> no, but to get off. Me, it's, I'm, it's, I'm it's glad happening. I brought it back to 9/11 <laughs> because that is the, the, the subject that we're talking about, and yeah. we know that it's more to meet the eye. It's more to it than what they're telling us. And anytime a white man tells you to look right, you better look left. Yeah, that's for sure. Up, down. And well, I'm sure. I mean, and that. We, we can't take these people at their word. We've done no. that before as a people, and they've let you down every time, yeah. Baba Oshi. Yeah. King thought these white people were going to give him what he asked for. He thought they truly wanted to, to, to level the playing field. Mm-hmm. And they shot him in his head in daylight. Yeah, They shot him in his head. And nobody sees that that was sick. That that is something wrong. Then they turn around and shut they shot Kennedy, then they shot him. That's these are these weird little psychopaths, and that's exactly. and that's what they're afraid of with, with exactly. this January sixth. Exactly. Somebody got killed during January sixth. Yeah, they never people, talk about that. Five people got killed. Yeah, you know they were killed. Yeah. That that wasn't no just both just pooping on somebody's desk and tearing down pictures and breaking windows. This was yeah. people lost their lives yeah. on that day. They're not going to be here and Thanksgiving, many, whatever and, holidays that they and, celebrate. And many of them were injured, so, you know, no, you're right. That's correct. 
So and tell that's the why, truth. And, so, and, and that's why it, it perplexes me why uh, the, this, this madness, why they're allowing Donald Trump to continue to run for president when he's the one that caused this, caused this madness. But not only that, there's a lot of other things about him that, that to me should automatically preclude, preclude him from running for office of any kind ever again. But uh, let me take some more calls, my brother. And yes, sir. Hang on, yes, okay? sir. You brother, know I'm listening. Brother, thank brother, you, brother. You know, thank you, brother. Peace. Uh, brother Paul, brother Paul, good afternoon. How you doing, man? Good afternoon to Big Daddy Ocean, Big Daddy <laughs> Brother Ocean. And, okay. and I, must, I, must, I must say a good afternoon to my big brother, Earl. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 I most, I most, I most, uh, enjoyed his rendition. I, I, I and the expression. I, but I just want to say to Brother Irv, right? Brother mm-hmm. Irv, you can never take it yeah. off subject because everything is connected. That's Absolutely, right. everything is connected. That's right. And you're, right. you're just giving your, your, your part of the, 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 the bigger picture. That's it. So everything's mm-hmm. connected, and. Uh, you're too intelligent to take it off subject. You understand? Hey, 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 brother Paul, is that still your uh, email? Connect the docs global. That that is my mantra. That is my okay. That's the way I see things. Right on. I, I recognize, I recognize that everything is connected, and right. I recognize that we all, we each, each one of us, even the baby, the newborn baby, born or unborn, as part of the jigsaw puzzle. Yeah. Uh, Every living creature, everything we see, every piece of information is a pit, is a small piece of the information we need to see the bigger picture. So yeah, absolutely, Baba Ochi. Mm-hmm. But on, on, on this 9-11 thing, for me personally, I remember I was in my business and I was looking and someone told me to turn on the screen. And many things you've said today, it's amazing, Baba Ochi, because many things you say you've said was my experience also and, that, and i find i find that amazing you know mm-hmm. you're, you're, right you're the same age as my uh, you're the same age as my father i live in the uk which we live so many miles apart but many of the things you've said is exactly my experience some of the sources you gave i knew about those sources okay soon after I, yeah. I, I was aware of those sources uh, mm-hmm. i i got them on dvd right on say you didn't have the yeah. internet, we got them on dvd many of them um mm-hmm. there somewhere uh, when, when I was in New York the last time, for some reason, I took a picture of, of, of the uh, uh, coming out of Grand Central Station. I took a picture of of, um, of the towers because we don't have towers, uh, towers as high as that. And it, it always amazed me how high these those buildings around there were. And I, and I took a good few pictures of those, and I've got them somewhere, yeah? Um, but... When that actually happened, like you said, I was in shock. I, I was frozen for this. But, but when, I, when, I, when, I, when I look back on it and think about what actually happened to me, because I now know that the process was called shock and awe. That whole mm-hmm. process was called shock and awe. Shock and, and awe, the whole yeah. Shock and awe, yes. And, and that program, that, that exactly as you articulated it, it had me gripped. But well, thinking about it, that grip was like almost I was seeing something which was impossible. And my, and my subliminal was telling me that's not real. But mm. my conscious, as I was watching it, 
it was like you're watching something, but in your subliminal, you know that's not real. You know that that's too unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And then some of those some of those sources you've you've mentioned, I started to look at. There was one in particular with a man and a woman um, in America who done a trial. They done a pretend trial. Uh, um, it went on for about twenty episodes. They done it on the internet, and they called various witnesses. They were actors, but they acted as like firemen. They acted as policemen. They acted as specialists, mm-hmm. whatever. And after I watched that, I was absolutely certain that it had been set up. I didn't know who set it up, uh, but then I realised that this, this is a setup. I realised that no no building in history has ever fallen like that, and it's impossible right. for a building to fall like that. Uh, right. Absolutely impossible. I, I knew I learned that the steel was manufactured in Japan, Japan, which Japan specializes in um, earthquakes, and um, you know everything in Japan is earthquake prone. So they're, mm-hmm. they're they're the number one at building buildings with, with that type of material to sustain earthquakes. So everything which I started to learn after that, I realized that this thing had been set up. I learned that Jeb Bush, Jeb Bush is the brother of uh, uh, George Bush. Um, George Bush, mm-hmm. he was the, he was the security, and that contract ran out on the day of the um, of, of of the 9/11. Uh, he was the security at the ta- at the tower. Um, the third building what fell down. That was another ridiculous uh, thing. You, you know, we know absolutely. If you've got any self intelligence, we know that was a was a setup. But you know what's more fundamental? Fundamentally, um, it, it, it's more scary than anything. Is that how they managed to subdue the people? Um, how they managed to convince the people that terrorists actually flew over the most guarded uh, country in the world and, mm-hmm. and, and carried out that act? Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that to me is more scary. And I think that for me was like a slap in the face and a wake up call. And it, it woke me up to the reality that we are being um, deceived. Oh, of course. Absolutely deceived. Of course. You know what I mean? That that yeah. was the wake up call for me. And it's not for me, it's not just about government. It goes way beyond government because I, I, I now know that governments are corporations and corporations have employees and most people who we call the elected officials are the employees of these governments. It goes way beyond that. Uh, and, and hell I say, I'm just gonna say that the more the more dangerous than governments and more dangerous than standard armies for me today are bankers. Bankers, corporations of bankers and those who control the money supply are more, the most dangerous people on the planet. Because they're the ones who can control people everywhere on the planet. And they are doing that. And, and for me personally, they were the ones behind this, this whole thing. Because reality of it is that their objective is to control the world. You understand, and and the, 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 these um, governments are just their employees. That's how I see it. Yeah. You know, because that's what exactly has what they're doing today. Uh, after that, you came, you, you came the war on terror, which was the bankers' job. They wanted to take the countries which didn't have central banking systems, um, and that's what they've been doing. All these countries, North Korea, uh, Syria, all all these places that didn't have central banking systems. That was the objective. Mm-hmm. It's to, to crush them and, and install central banking systems because the central banking systems, like the Federal Reserve, control the people and control the government. Right. Yeah. So that that is where we stand today. And the last thing I'll say, yeah, 
you know, listening to, to your rendition and, 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 and um, our brother, um, I was thinking, you know, Baba Osh, I'm going to say something here you may not uh, sit comfortably with. But one thing I always think about Malcolm X is that the real reason why they, for me personally, why they killed him, why they had to kill him, because Malcolm X was one of those type of energies. He could unite all people, not just black people. He could unite all people. And for me, that's what scares them the most. What scares these people who run these systems the most is any energy or any body who can control all people. They are the most frightening people to them. Yeah. yeah. Um, just like they put in the Bible about King Herod to kill all the male children over a certain air because the Christ was coming. Christ was a title yeah. for king. And well, I, well, any I, energy which can... Yeah. We, I agree with you because Malcolm, having gone through the transformation that he did, in prison from prior to going to prison, being a thug, being a criminal, out there hustling, doing whatever he can and do to get by and so forth. Both have been pimping, I don't know, you know. But when he made his transformation in prison, and then when he got out, he was a clean man. He was a, in, a man of integrity, a man of truth, a man Absolutely. of honesty. And people saw that in him, and I agree with you, other people saw that in him, other nationalities, other cultures saw that within him and 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 he himself has he was going through uh getting out of the nation of islam because of the hypocrisy he saw within the nation he said i would unite with anybody who wants to deal with the truth and justice and so forth i'll work with anybody you know but he understood too. I, 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 go ahead sorry so, sorry to cut you um baba ochi but at that what you just said there is what frightened them the most. Yes. What man do you know? I mean, to go before the United Nations, you should be a country or representative of a country, yeah? He went before the United Nations as a man, as an individual. Nobody does that, yeah? And he talked against his government. He actually became bigger than his government. He, he could go to any country in the world, you understand? Yes. That one man. Yeah. And, 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 and you know what it also tells me? It also tells me when people say... One can't do it alone. They're wrong. Because it's the energy of that man. And all those things you just talked about, he didn't smoke. He didn't drink. He couldn't be perverted by their, right. by their, their nonsense. Right. Exactly. He, he had integrity. Yes. He, he, you know, that man frightened the, that one man yeah. frightened the hell out of With all their power, yeah. with all their nuclear weapons, with all their... So that always, that always, in the back of my mind, I know that if you have that sort of integrity, if you follow that sort of pattern, mm -hmm. they become very, very frightened of you. Because right, because you that's can't be bought. Really lies. It's, not, it's, it's not in the things what we hear people say, the guns and the knives, it's not in that. Mm -hmm. it's, it's when you know yourself, and you know the power within yourself, that's what frightens them the most. Yeah. And that's couldn't what be we must become, that reality again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he, he couldn't be bought off. He, you know, it, 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 the honesty and the truthfulness within him shine true I, I, that's why i gravitated to to malcolm and i had a lot of love and admiration for malcolm and and would never forget where i was when uh on uh, on february 21st 1963 when he was assassinated in new york in the autobahn ballroom i was riding with my mother and my auntie from chicago um in the city and i heard it on the on the radio you know and 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 because i was uh of Muhammad Ali 
you know, not too much did I understand Malcolm at the time, but some years later when I read his autobiography uh, and, and also to begin to understand that he was the kind of man that if somebody was leading a group, he needs to be, he would need to be. Because here you are, you can look to him, you know that he wasn't contradictory, you know that he wasn't false, you know that he wasn't a hypocrite, you know that all of these things that so many wind up being, he wasn't that, he wouldn't mm -hmm. sell out. When, when, mm -hmm. when, when the government came, when the government came to uh, uh, try to make him sell out uh, Elijah Muhammad, you know, he wouldn't do it. And he put the tape recorder under the couch mm -hmm. to let him know that, Absolutely. you know, it was a man that that he was truly our shining Absolutely. black prince. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Brother Irv, you got something? Yes, Baba Oshi. The scary, the scariness, uh, brother, uh, brother Paul, thank you for, the, for, for what you said about me. I really appreciate that. But the, the scariness in Malcolm X was not was not that he was um that he had cleaned himself no well that was part of it that he had cleaned himself up and that he was and that he was the example of of a of a man who had um who had no fear but the real thing that scared white people about Malcolm X is that he was not afraid to die and he wasn't going to die he said Malcolm X was standing at the window with a with a with an automatic machine gun well semi automatic gun. To defend himself, he 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 wasn't trying to, to die to prove his point. He was trying to live, and and I and I agree with Brother Paul when he said this a while back about living to do. I, I agree with that. He was Malcolm X was somebody. He wasn't somebody like Jesus who lived back way back when, if you believe that, or or Elijah or Muhammad or all these other people who were dead. Malcolm was living. Malcolm was someone you could call up on the telephone. And that's what scared him because he was in real time. He was in real time. And he wasn't afraid of you or anything that you could do to him. So that you're absolutely correct. He was the most dangerous man in the world at one time because he was living a righteous life. And righteousness, righteousness is something that's in you. And it's peeled away as we go through life. And life does things to you. And you tend to do things to protect yourself, and some things that you have to do may not be right. I know for me, I've done some things I don't like. I'm not going to talk about, but I had, but they, but at the time, I did the best I could with the information that I had, you know. But Malcolm did what he did at the time, and he transformed. Right, he overcame. And that is amazing. Yes. Yeah, he, he grew, he evolved into who he yeah. to who he died at, yeah. and as we all are going to evolve into who we're going to die as. We're going to die our decision, whatever decisions you make. And the only reason we're able to get on this radio station and have this conversation and talk about these things is because of the things we've done in the past, how we've educated ourselves, how we've read, how we've got around people who we emulate, who we want to be like, who we believe have the answer. And I'm telling you, folk have come through my life, and I know you all also, that have that get it, that, that actually got it, that, that kind of figured this thing out. And you and you look, and it's not really as difficult as people, they try to make it seem, Baba Oshie. Mm -hmm. It's in your face. You just described 9-11. And Brother Paul just described the biking economic system 
he said the, the crooks are the bankers. And and that's why they're always associated with the Jew, because the Jew is the banker. Mm-hmm. So all of it is connected. Not and not, this thing you some of the things you said about nine eleven, Baba Oshi, really I'm gonna tell you, it blew me out the water. I did not know some of this stuff mm-hmm. that you were saying. But it all makes sense. It, and it, this is not a conspiracy theory. This is not some QAnon BS. These are things that can be proven. These are things that are written, that are, that have been uh, published. And I'm listening to you say these things, Bob Ocean. It's really taking me somewhere. Because mm-hmm. I got enough things on my mind to think about <laughs> than this damn 9-11 <laughs> that 20 years ago. My God, yeah. it does it, it it does something to you when you realize how easily you are manipulated. And and, and think. Let me say this. Let me say this. That is this. That is my point. I don't believe. Uh, uh, I, I you know Richard Gage with uh, architects and engineers for 9/11 Truth now have over over three thousand independent mm. men and women who are architects and engineers who sign on with him that this whole thing was some bullshit. I, I don't know it, that'll go anywhere, I, and I don't care. The bottom line is that letting you know what they are able and capable of doing, and you should know that. Any conscious person, now granted, there are some, there are some of us that believe in this system, hook, line, and sinker. There are some who believe that in wave flags that America, you know, love it or leave it, or America, the best place in the world, or America, the, 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 the leader of the free world, and all this sort of kind of book. They, they believe that. They, they honestly and truly believe that. Like, I honestly and truly believe that it ain't shit because I look at the history of all our studies. History is best qualified to reward our research. Look at the history. And so, therefore, for, for me, I don't see anything that this system and these white folks that are, that are going to do to change these dynamics, especially for us. They're, they're always, because of, of the situation has changed from when we were, all of us were in captivity to some of us, so it can't be like that. There got to be some folks who are going to make it. You know who are going to have just mm-hmm. as much money as some other white folks. You know, there's some there's right. some billionaires, a few, not a lot, not like them. Mm-hmm. And but there's some millionaires too, and so forth. You know, but damn that, so what? Our condition as a people, collectively, that's what I'm concerned about. And I'm concerned about not United States, not about the Caribbean or anything in the West. I'm concerned about Africa. Because Africa mm-hmm. is where all the mineral wealth is located. And it's ours. It's ours. Mm-hmm. For us That's to right. be players in the world instead of the pawns that we've become, it's ours. And so what mm-hmm. we Bob, need Bob, to do... Yes, go ahead, uh, Brother Paul. Yes, yeah, so today. Um, you know, Brother Irv said something when in, his, in his statement. He says, follow the money, yeah? Yes. And, you know just listening to both of you and, and, and reflecting on 9-11, what happened today, you know, with foresight, I see that this um, thing, this banking system, this monetary system, these people who control that, who are really running government, who are the real people behind the government. It's, so what I'm saying is this, yeah, the raw materials 
I mean, we, I hear people talk about, and I think about these things. I'm not the expert in it, but I've got a good brain to think about and analyze these things. People say, like I hear people say, get gold. Yeah, I'm thinking to myself, you know, it, you know, that if they remove this fiat currency and you've got gold, how do how do you trade? How do you buy a chicken with gold? Sure. I mean, the first person to know that you've got gold, you become a risk because yeah. Yeah. people are going to come after you. If yeah. you've got money, they know you've got gold. They're going to come right. after you. And you. We don't even need to argue that. That's, that's not even an argument. They're going to come after you. There's a security problem with gold or any precious metal. Now, yes, in Africa, the raw materials belong to us. But, 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 but where's, where's the plan to secure that? Mm. Who's written that book? Because at the end of the day, I agree with you, Baba Ochi, but we need to go past that. We need, because if we had a plan to secure that, we'd be teaching it to our children. And then some of our children, you know, those young men out there who are warring against each other for drugs or whatever nonsense they're warring each other for, are willing to kill each other. And Baba Ochi, I want to say this. This is why I have a problem when people say they're willing to die. I have a real problem with that when I hear black men say that. Because at the stage I am now, I don't think that's conducive to sense. And I'll tell you why that's not conducive to sense. Every day, every day in the country I live in, no doubt the country you live in, every single day I hear these black young men killing each other. Every day. That's in, day the that's, in the, each other. that's in the UK? UK. That's in the UK? UK. Where every, every day, day, every stabbing, day, stabbing, every... stabbing, killing, killing. Yes, that's that's everywhere. Right. So, so, so that's the point a global... I'm trying to make is, how can it be logical for a black man to say he's not afraid to die? These young people ain't afraid, killing each other all the time. They're yeah. not afraid to die. That's not logical because they're the soldiers we need. So if the soldiers yeah. we need are killing each other every yes. day because they're not afraid to die, where's that getting us? That's getting us nowhere. Nowhere. So when you're talking, you say you're not afraid to die. Go among them then. Go among them. Those who, them young men who are not afraid to die, because they're really not, go among them and do something about it. But in my heart, in my heart, when I hear them talk like that, I know they're not going to go. They're not going to go among them young men who are, are really not fighting to die, who are killing each other every day. 14, you know, 16, 18, yes. stabbing yes. each other to death in the park, fighting yes. with machetes. He's just killing each other. They're not afraid. But to me, that talk is bullcrap talk. It's nonsense talk. That's why I say it's nonsense. Because trust me, a lot of us coming up, we not get whether it's naivety, whether it's ignorance, whether it's just stupidity, they're just killing each other off. And these are the soldiers we need. We need soldiers. Not talking about their fighting to die. We need soldiers talking about their willing to live. We gotta yes. keep our people alive on this planet. And the hardest thing today is to stay alive. I can walk out the street tomorrow and meet one of them knuckleheads and they can take my life. It's as simple as that. Right. Just right. look. I can look at them the wrong way and then it comes the knife or the gun and maybe they take my life. It's not easy. It's not hard to die out here. I can go down and get involved in the drug game or whatever game and end my life by the end of the year. It's not hard to die. It's very hard to stay alive. And even in America, this is why, brother, I want you to understand what I'm saying here. Why I have a problem when, people, when black men say that. Because I know the police will take your life a drop of a hat. So what, what do you mean? If you're, if you're not so afraid to die, go and run up your mouth with them. Go and uh, pretend that you've got a gun with them. If you how quick they take your life. Right? We've got to stay alive. That's We've right. got to understand the necessity for living. 9-11 showed me that these, that these are the real devils. They don't care mm -hmm. about life. They are the real devils. Yes. We are the ones, as black people on this planet, who should 
precious. We, our life is precious because we are the caretakers of this planet. That's right. They don't respect life because they're not the caretakers of that's this right. planet. Right? And that's, that's, that's right. why I have a problem in my head by people say that nonsense. Right? We are the ones to keep everything alive. The trees, the animals. We don't put animals in, in animal prisons and call them zoos because that's not us. We know the beauty of life. We know what life is. Right? And life is what we were given. And we should protect all life. Yes. Not like these psychopaths. That's why I have a problem with it. I just want to make it clear I have a problem when I hear black men say they're not afraid to die. Because if they're so not afraid to die, go among these knuckleheads and stop the killing then. Go and do that. Instead of coming on radio and talking nonsense. Go among the knuckleheads and do something about the guys in the street. Do that. When I see you do that, I know you're talking real talk. You know, to me, when you're saying that, hopefully you're you know, more committed to be alive and to live and to help others live. But the fact of the matter Absolutely. is, you are right, Paul. I, I, you know, I know they don't have the proliferation of guns in the UK like they have here in, in here in the United States, particularly because, uh, you know, every four day weekend, holiday weekend in this country, particularly in the city of Chicago, it's been happening that way for the last number of years. Just just this past last week was Labor Day. People were off Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. There were 36 shootings and seven deaths. And they have many others like that. But that's but that's constant. That's all around this country. Here in the city of Atlanta, every day somebody's being shot and killed. Every day because not because there's all this mental illness and meanness and because of guns. These folks, the Caucasians here. They don't want to do a damn thing about guns. They don't want no restrictions on guns. Your ability to own guns and as many guns as you want. They, 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 you know, their whole thing is, I got to have a gun. I got to protect mine. You know, even though when that amendment was written, it wasn't about. It was about you assisting the government that was just forming into a, a militia to being able for you to take the arm that you have and go out there and to protect the... It wasn't about you protecting your damn possessions. It wasn't about that. But somehow that has been subverted, and that's what people think. And so, therefore, they're not going to do anything about the multitudes of deaths, school shootings, uh, uh, mall shootings, church shootings, whatever. You see, you see, what, um, what I'm saying is that these young men, especially, who are doing this, this, this madness, yeah, we need them. We need, these are yes. our soldiers. soldiers. Yes, if I agree. I connect the, if, I connect the, if I connect the dots, right, and I suggest, because that's what I want. I want to see us secure our legacy, and our legacy is Africa. But I know, realistically, we can't do that without soldiers. We can't right. do that. That's not going to happen unless we've got fighting men willing to... Right. Up, do the business, right? Yeah? And if we allowing if we're allowing them to go in the streets and do nonsense and madness, because what they're doing, as the African proverb says, they're burning down the village. That's really what they're doing. Yes. They're burning down the village, and yes. they're burning down the village because there's nowhere else to burn. We have to direct them where to burn, and that's not happening at the moment because everybody's for themselves. Everybody's so full of themselves and full of their big thoughts, but they're allowing these, these young people to burn down the village. At the end of the day, if we don't protect our interests, we don't protect the young men, and we can't take them out of this nonsense, prison or death, then we're gonna—we're never realistically gonna take back 
our legacy. It's not going to happen. Well, in my book, I don't see it happening. Right. We need soldiers. And we need those soldiers directed at the true enemy. And, that, and, and what you're doing today, everybody who contributes is part of it because we have to wake them up. Like you rightfully say, we have to change their mind. Because mm -hmm. these 9-11 basically was an expression of how these devils work. And they will kill even their own to prove their point. That, for me, is what 9-11 told me, that these people will kill their own in yes. front of your face yes. to protect their interests. We're dealing with psychopaths, yeah. so therefore we have to step up our game, is what I'm saying, and not talk nonsense about we're so willing to die for nothing. Be willing to die, form an army, and start attacking the enemy. That's yeah. what we need to be doing. I say. I say thank no, you, Brother Paul. That, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead really quick, really quickly, really quickly, Bob, uh, uh, Brother Paul, when 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 someone says they are willing to die for what they believe, I, I believe I, I take it a, a different way. I think what they're saying is the only thing that white people have to hold over your head is death. In this country, the one thing that scared white people was the electric chair. If you did something, if you kill a police officer, you automatically got the electric chair. They didn't say they were going to take your money. They didn't say they weren't going to let you see your mom. They said they were going to kill you. So when you meet a person. Who will, who will die for what he believes in. I didn't say I'm going to I'm going to try to die. I didn't say I'm going to come willingly. I said I will kill you for what I believe in. So I think no one should want to, to, to expire. You should never want to kill yourself. But what we want you to know is just because you say you're going to kill me, well, I'm going to kill you too, and you're absolutely right. These are, that's a warrior mentality. These are, And that's what we, I don't believe people should have children if they're not having revolutionaries or, or people or liberators, but I you're say. absolutely correct. I don't want to die, but what I will do is I will put my life on the line for what I believe in. And if it means, if it means me uh, risking my, my life for that, then I just us talking on this radio, you're risking your life in this country because words are powerful. Words are powerful. And these, and these people that we're, we're talking about, they're scared and they're powerful. They're very powerful. They're working just like a brother comes on and says they're listening. Yes, they're listening. They're always listening. They never stop listening. They listen to you with satellites up in the you know how this satellite thing works, Brother Paul. They can pinpoint you on bin Laden overseas. I know they can find you. But see, wow. these people have done these things in nine eleven twenty years ago and people are acting like it's no big thing, but yet you take a, a celebrity who uh, who does some perverted things to some white women 30 years ago, they sent him to jail for, for two and a half years. But yet this thing, oh, it's 20 years ago. That's old. Oh, don't worry about it. But yet they choose and pick who they want to sure. lock up and who sure. they want to oppress. So stop it. It's wrong. Mm -hmm. It's make it right. And if you don't make it right, it will always be wrong. And white folks got guns to protect the land they stole from somebody else. That's right. why they got guns, Baba Oshie. That's right. Because they, they took this land. They knew the right. people was going to come and take it back from me eventually. Well, so we better get some guns to hold right. on to. Well, that's the, whole thing. that's the whole thing about <laughs> Caucasians, especially when they realize the numbers that they were. But they've always been a warring people. They've always been a people yeah. in conflict and murder and killing and so forth. That is just within them. And some might argue this is their part of their evolutionary development, you know. But the bottom line, oh, I'm running out of time. But the bottom line, family, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I got I got Love a lot you, of Paul. things I got to do, man. Love you, brother Paul. Love you too, brother Herb, Mama Nabato, yes, and all those who are listening. And brother Kevin Prince, I'm sorry you couldn't hold on, and other sisters, sorry you couldn't hold on. But the bottom line is, I appreciate you listening. And of course, this is my annual 
uh, 9-11 program and just trying to throw some information out there. Uh, of course, you know, if you want to believe what they want you to believe, then, you know, but my contention is you go beyond it. You look at and, uh, uh, and you read different information and then you formulate your opinion on that. My contention is we must be a, independent, self-determining, liberated, and sovereign people. That's the bottom line. It is pan-Africanism or perish, unify or die. All right, family. Mm -hmm. Until on Wednesday, uh, Friday, uh, me and uh, Brother Kwaku is going to be in um, Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, Brother yeah. Elliot will be there. So we may have a program from there, I hope. I don't know. We'll, we'll talk more about it. But see you on Wednesday, family. Peace. We end this program okay. like we end all of our programs with the words of Stephen Biko. The most potent weapon in the hands of the oppressor is the minds of the oppressed. This program is dedicated and committed to helping to free the African mind. But not just the M-I-N-D, but the M-I-N-E, because under the feet of African people lies all of the resources that everybody wants. Think they can't do it out, and they sure in the hell don't want to pay for it. Brothers and sisters, have a blessed and wonderful day. Shimhotep means go in peace. Asante Sana means thank you. Bibi Fahodier. Bibi Fahodier means our victorious destiny. Brothers and sisters, we will be victorious. You have a blessed and wonderful day. Be safe out there, family. Peace.